Hello, and welcome to the Heady Conversations with Scott and Miranda. Hello again, friends. It is the question and answer episode of the show this month, and we have some great questions from you that we are looking forward to addressing. Um, Some of you guys sent in a lot of questions about vapes. Yes. Which is always an interesting topic, and not one that Scott and I are super, super uh, experienced. I mean, we've both smoked vapes. Yeah. Uh, we know what our preferences are. I don't smoke vapes on a regular basis now, but at a certain point, I was smoking vapes a lot. Really? Yes. Um, when I first discovered... the, I, I feel like a lot of people go through this when they first discover yes. vapes, like... I oh. can take my weed everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> Not just anywhere, anywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I talk about tolerance breaks a lot. We've gotten questions about it. Um, but I also just in general um, think it's a decent thing to practice with yourself um, just to help control how effective your medicine is for you. Um, not only that, but also the money you're spending on it, the time you're spending with it and under the influence, etc. Anyway, one of the reasons that I started taking tolerance breaks, um, in hindsight, and, and it's funny, this just came up in conversation, uh, this past week with a friend of mine is that I was, uh, taking my vape pen everywhere, everywhere. you know, I um, feel like people generally build their tolerances up with vapes. Well, and that's the thing, right? And, and then they're like, why is my tolerance so high? Right. So <laughs> what you have to realize is, uh, you know, we've talked about percentages. We've talked about what the percentage of THC means. We've talked about what the other percentages as far as terpenes and the other cannabinoids mean to different extents right. as well. Um the weakest vape pen that you're going to find for for most of these brands maybe 60 percent. i was gonna say you know somewhere between 60 and 70 percent is generally the weakest thing you're looking at yeah which is pretty high that is very high now of course that's relative right because you're talking about percentage per part of whatever it is so if we're talking about flour we're talking about how much of that plant material is thc right um if we're talking about a vape cartridge we're talking about how much uh percentage of that oil um or juice whatever you want to call what's right. in the cartridge is thc is thc um so yeah if it's a one gram cartridge and it says um 60 thc that means 600 milligrams of right. that liquid inside yes. that cartridge is thc that's a lot uh, that is a high concentration i would say even i mean essentially vaping is just dabbing but sipping instead of doing major inhales. Well, but that's relative too, right? Because right. I, I feel like you watch a lot of people hit their pen and it's like a gravity bong. Yeah. <laughs> when when they exhale, you know, um, if you're lucky enough to not know this, I'm sorry I'm about to pollute your mind with this, this image, but there is such a thing as competitive vape competitions. Stop. Um, these <laughs> these stop. people, okay, and I say that as someone who has some very strange hobbies um, that I compete in. Um, some of you know, some of you don't. I, you know, I travel around playing laser tag. I play bocce ball with people that are twice my age. Um, I've got some strange hobbies. Competitive vaping, these guys get together. First of all, they're called dragons. 
Um, and that just, yeah, it's okay. You can't, I wish we were doing video right now so you could see how hard Miranda is containing her laughter. It's not easy. It's, it's, it's pretty wild stuff. And these guys literally, you can look this up on YouTube, folks. I'm not making this up for the show. I swear to you, this is an actual thing. Um, and Miranda is now looking this up I on sure YouTube, am. I feel like. Uh, but yeah, so some people, when they hit their pen, are sipping. Um, and that's honestly what I recommend because <laughs> I'm a yeah. we still don't know everything there is to know about vaping. Um, you know, for whatever you want to say about smoking joints or smoking bowls, we kind of know the effects that, that smoke has on the lungs at this right. point. Vaping, we still really don't. Um, some people say it's definitely better. I say, you know, we'll we'll find out. <laughs> In about 20 years. Yeah, probably. You know, yeah. We'll, we'll find out. Um, but regardless, uh, I would recommend taking smaller hits because I recommend taking smaller hits of your medicine in general. Oh, I can tell by your face that you just found video of vape competition. I just found a video of a guy blowing smoke through a smoke ring. Yep. Wow. Uh-huh. That's oh, like, yeah. That's like, you know, competitive, competitive like, bubble blowing. I, I mean, look. <laughs> Listen, vapors. She said it, not me. Okay? I mean, I'm not mad about it, but it's it's a little it's it's wow. It's kind of creative, actually. It's very creative. It's much more creative than I would have thought. I just thought, you know, big vape clouds and what. I mean, I'm sure that's part of it. Oh, it's definitely part of it. But there's also tricks and shit. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, I no, didn't it's, realize. It's involved. So there you go, folks. Uh, that is courtesy of the heady conversations to you. <laughs> you are now aware of competitive vaping. Uh, but back to uh, the matter at hand. <laughs> yes. Um, so I feel like everybody, when they start to get their cannabis, is like, oh, vapes are great. I can take them everywhere. But there's a lot of different types of vapes out there. Right. So we got a ton of questions about vapes, um, one of which was just, what is in my vape cartridge right. aside from THC, THC and the cannabinoids? Right. How are they made? What are they made from? And? Um, so it can vary depending on what you buy. If you buy a live liquid resin vape, you are going to get... I what I think is the purest form of extraction. I don't think there's any debate about it, to yeah. be honest with you. So um, generally what you're talking about there from um, live resin or live rosin extraction. It's that flash frozen flower. Uh, yeah, and what they're doing is um, applying enough heat <clears throat> to basically loosen the cannabinoids off of the plant. Mm -hmm. This is... Okay, uh, we're, we're not growers. <laughs> we're also not extractors. Right. <laughs> I think this is the first time <laughs> we've had to say that on an episode, but we are also not extractors. I hope to um, one day learn uh, how extraction stuff works, specifically this uh, process that I'm about to talk about, mm -hmm. uh, live resin, live rosin extraction. Um, a friend... Uh, recently called me up from New York uh, where they're getting ready to um, or are in the process of legalizing their industry up there. Um, he's got, you know, a connection who has offered him uh, plant material mm -hmm. and he is interested in making um, solventless um, cartridges, right, right? And And I feel like 
um, this is the the uh, trend in the industry right now mm-hmm. uh, with these, you know, some of these brands that we follow here in Maryland are national brands, um, but I follow just California brands and Vegas sure. brands and stuff just to see what, and Canadian brands and now starting to be European brands. Um, just to see what different companies are doing anyway um, with the different products. But, um, yeah, I feel like more and more people are starting to now talk about solventless cartridges. Right. Um, because in the I was in the olden days, right. <laughs> it was a CO2 or distillate yeah, that so you would be dealing with. Predominantly, I feel like butane was the biggest yes. one. That, you know, BHO. Mm-hmm. BHO is, I feel like, the... Uh, the most common solvent used, which is butane. And uh, I don't know. I, I've got some feelings about that. Um, I don't necessarily want to smoke anything that no matter how hard they've scrubbed the butane out, there's still going to be some of that in there. Right. And that is the claim, right? When when they're using these different solvents to um, do the extracting so basically, they put the plant material mm-hmm. in a giant vacuum ch- vacuum chamber. They put the uh, plant material in a giant vacuum chamber, and then they use the gas blown through at some, some pressure level, right. you know, that's ungodly and, you know, causes all of the fun stuff, the good stuff, the cannabinoids, the THC, the CBD, CBG, etc., to get blasted off of the plant and then collected in whatever way um, to then be reclaimed and turned into, you know... The, your the, vape. Yeah. Uh, either your vape or, I mean, this is also or, the yep, same way that right, extraction... Shatter or right, butter, etc. Yeah, however they decide to then allow it to reconstitute and be packaged for resale um, anything from THC isolate to vape cartridges. Right. And when we talk about distillate, I feel like that's like the very bottom of it. It's you're, you're getting like the bare minimum of everything. Right. And I, well... There's debate about uh, how much of what you're keeping, regardless of how you process. Um, But I mean, logically speaking, uh, it would seem to make the most sense that doing something like live rosin press um, is going to be closer to that, you know, like with the CBD oil, we talk about full spectrum right. um, is going to give you, you know, the least filtration, the least um, uh, additive right. or whatever uh, version of that oil. And this is the same kind of thing. And it's not also it's also going to be um, like a CO2 extraction is going to be more viscous and sticky. So more potential for clogging, I would think. I I don't know I um I really don't but yeah but that would make sense I I suppose but your liquid live resins are going to have your high terpene profiles um not necessarily the super highest THC but sometimes it can vary right I've seen ninety percent and above in liquid live resins uh, I, you know not being a huge vape guy like those numbers aren't really jumping out at me. Um, 
I don't I don't remember to be honest with you. I think I mean, the highest one I ever saw was ninety seven percent. I know I know here that's ridiculously it's high. Insane. <laughs> and it was um, an indica. Okay. And I God, was it I wanna I don't even remember the strain. But it was one that I didn't re I didn't think tested super high in flower on a general basis, but there it was sitting at ninety seven percent. Yeah, that's still a mystery to me a little yeah. bit how the how the percentages are created. Yeah, same. Um I mean, I guess it's just a matter of how much additive you put in as yeah. far as the delivery system. Um I mean, you can dilute something down to 60% just by adding more terpenes whatever or anything you know? really. Um so, yeah, I mean, I guess certain strains, they just decide to leave more uncut than others. Right. Uh, for whatever reason, whether that be flavor profile <laughs> or... Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's something... So a lot of these cartridges that you see that claim to be, you know, let's say AK-47 or Green right. Crack or... You know, whatever it is, and you go, oh, I've never, I've never even had that strain of flour before. Well, if no one is growing that strain of flour in your market, then it serves to reason that that cartridge is not being made by that strain of flour. Exactly. Um, so in that case, what they're doing is they're taking this, you know, just general distillate oil that they've made, you know, via one of these extraction practices, mm -hmm. whether it's the BHO, whether it's solventless, you know, live rosin, whatever it is. Um, they've, uh, you know, taken, well, no, not the live rosin stuff. Right. Generally, that's all, that's a whole plant. Generally. Yeah. Um, at least I know, like, that's how, you know, Cresco here in our market, which Cresco is a national brand. I don't know if they have the live rosin, live resin cartridges right. everywhere, um, but they definitely do here in Maryland. And that's I know, all they have in Maryland. I know their big thing is um, that, you know, nothing added, nothing taken out. Right. That it is just whatever flour it is. And they buy flour from other people because right. some of the strains that we have here in Maryland are like Grow West strains, mm -hmm. right? The Southwest Stomper, Willie's Wonder. Um, I'm trying to think of another Cresco, Nurse Jackie, and something else, was, which is also a Grow West. Grape Stomper, don't they do? I think it might be a Nurse Jackie Grape Stomper cross. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but they definitely, they're definitely growing, you know, or using stuff that's mm -hmm. grown by several different people. Um, then I, and then using their, you know, extracting process, extracting equipment. Um, these machines at the, so I was looking at a bunch of the, the different um, manufacturing techniques, you know, when I was looking up stuff for this episode. Um, the, the biggest, baddest of these machines that I saw looks like something out of a Terminator movie. <laughs> and maybe I can figure out how to put that video up, um, on one of the sites. Whether Just it's send the, it to me. Yeah, yeah. We'll, f we'll figure out how to get it up for you. But basically it looks like it's making like grilled cheese sandwiches from yes. the future. Oh, did you see this too? I haven't seen the really big one, but I've seen a small, like at home one oh. at home press and it's 
it's pretty much the same thing. Well, this one looks Only like some like level. Uh, what is it? Uh, Skydyne? What was the name of the company in Terminator that, that gains? Oh, I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, it, it's. It, I want to say it was like four or five different compartments where mm. you load in like plant material, and then it like rotates and lifts up into the air, and what? then points itself down, and that's when it applies the heat and the pressure, and essentially just like <laughs> squeezing like toothpaste wow. yeah, out of yeah. a tube. Uh, like I've seen the old school presses before, mm-hmm. um, and watch out when you're looking at some of that video online. Sometimes it's like a olive oil press that yeah. people are passing don't off do as, a, as a rosin <laughs> press. Um, I don't know. It might work. But yeah, I, I'm just telling you, you might get fooled by some video of some old men making some crazy looking stuff that's not actually THC. Um, but yeah, this thing was, it was wild. It definitely looked like it was the, the press of the future. Um, Fancy. And yeah. Just I, um, squeezing out good stuff. I went on a, a dispensary bus tour <laughs> once like the maryland market was bumping and uh yeah one of the dispensaries that we stopped at they had like this room where people could just hang out i don't think that dispensary is there anymore okay um <laughs> but um a group of people were there and they had a rosin press and they were pressing flour for people nice which was it was kind of cool to watch and experience because i had never seen anything like that in my life i was like oh it's just weed. I had no idea of the world of concentrates or vapes and everything like that. And it was really fascinating to me. So was this just a hand press or a hydraulic press? It was a hydraulic press, but it was portable and really, it was like a tabletop. Nice. Yeah. And what were they making essentially? Uh, I think it was chatter. Okay. Yeah. It was pretty cool. That's dope. Um, But getting back to vapes, uh, because Scott and I get distracted. Well, I mean, in fairness, the, the, (laughs) The question kind of applies to both, you know. True. I mean, I'm sure sooner or later somebody would have said, "How do they make my concentrates?" Right. I mean, this basically covers both of those things, so. right? Um, but yeah, I would if I'm shopping for a vape, I would definitely look for a liquid live resin vaporizer. So or vaporizer. Vape. The the difference is um, cost, obviously mm-hmm. first and foremost. Generally, your your live stuff whether it's concentrates or whether it's vape cartridges, is going to be significantly more expensive. Right. Um, you're also going to have a much more limited selection. Yes. Because there aren't as many companies that take the time and have the equipment to do a live extraction Um or they just don't choose to because right. you, you get less product out of it. Um, and because of the price point, and I, th- I would argue because of a lack of education, yeah. there's less of a desire or a call for it. You know, I think if more people understood the difference in the cartridges, maybe they would, you know, uh, cough up the extra 10, 15 bucks. Um, Most definitely. Now, obviously, you know, the cost of this medicine is an issue just in general. Um, yes. So I'm not, you know, judging anybody for, <laughs> you know, getting the medicine that they can afford that's, you know, and there's certainly decent cheap options out there uh for people to use it's a little classist yeah i'm gonna say it well i mean it's gonna be out there and say it you would hope that more companies will start to produce better quality products just because it's a better product for patients to use you know 
um, and that as competition in the marketplace increases, then cost of those processes will come down. So you'll also see um, a bunch of terpene enriched right. <laughs> vape, vape cartridges, um, which isn't a bad thing, but they are just essentially food grade terpenes that have been extracted from flowers and plants that are then added. Or in some cases from cannabis. Yes. Right. Like uh, the Select Line, uh, which is yes. another national brand. You know, we're not here to um, promote or uh, talk about dispensaries in general. Right. But um, when it comes to brands that are available nationally to a lot of you in a lot of different markets and soon, I'm sure, internationally as well. Um, because that's just unfortunately the way that the cannabis industry is going already. Um, you know, I just read an article this week that 40% of uh, the Maryland cannabis companies are out-of-state companies at this point. Yep. And that was before <laughs> a couple of different uh, buyout deals went through within the last few weeks. <sighs> so that number is even higher now, probably 50 or 60% yep. of the dispensaries in Maryland that we have as options are actually owned by out-of-state companies, uh, which, you know, again... We're not here to tell you that any company or another is necessarily a bad company, per se. Um, but, yeah, you can decide for yourself whether you think that more options for people <laughs> is a better thing. Or, you know, like I said, there are definitely certain things to be said about a product line being available Definitely. You know, to lots of people in lots of different markets, if that product line is a good quality product that cares about what it's made with. Right. And, you know, so it, it's we're not here to tell you that every national brand is a bad brand or that any... <laughs> I don't think we've said that about any national no, brands. No, you know, I, I just, just don't uh, want... I don't want people to get the wrong idea. We're not but, here to promote, promote specific brands. Um, but we, we like what we like. Yeah. And we may end up talking about brands just because we know that they provide a specific right. product that may be available to you in your market. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. Nail on the head. So, yeah. Like like Select offers three different tiers of yes. their product. They offer just the regular cartridge. Which is a CO2. Which is, uh, yeah, just a distillate, distillate base. Yeah. And has uh, botanical terps right. added to it to create a different terp profile. So basically they say, okay, um, most of the time Blue Dream has lots of, and don't come at me cannabis nerds, because I'm just going <laughs> to list three terpenes here as an example of three terpenes that might be in Blue Dream. If the blue dream you get in California usually doesn't have caryophylline in it, I'm sorry. Okay. Right. But pinene, but, yeah. caryophylline, and limonene. Sure. Yes, that sounds there great. There we go. Right. So select <laughs> says blue dream to us means it's going to taste like grapefruit and it's going to have limonene and pinene and caryophylline in high amounts. And then because we know people look at terp counts, mm -hmm. we're going to put a little bit of everything else in there, too. Right, to amp it up just, a little. Just to, just, pump pump that, it up. just to bump that up from, like, 3% terps to, like, 5 or 6% terps. Um, but they're getting those terps from 
wherever. Yeah. Um, you know, they might be getting that limonene from lemons, or they might be getting that pine yeah, exactly. from pine cones, like literally. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But they're definitely coming from a natural source right. and they're food grade. Right. Which is super important. Yeah. So it's not it's not junk stuff. Um, you may have seen from a street dealer or two some cartridges Ooh. that are available on the street and you're rolling the dice. Yep. You know, who knows where those distillates are coming from, who they're being made by, uh, what's in them. The people that you deal with may know those people and may know the practices they use, or they or might not. not. You know? Yeah, I can, I mean, I can speak to way back when. Yeah. Pre, pre-medical market in Maryland, I went down to D.C. to a pop-up <laughs> and... Came home with a, with a, a pretty sketchy-looking vape cartridge. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. Don't just... Buyer beware. Yes. If you're in a legal market and have the chance to get legal cartridges, you're probably better off. Unless you know. Yeah. You know. And there's nothing wrong with vaping your medicine. No. I know plenty of people who only vape. Um, Personally, but- I just felt that I was abusive of the ability to use my medicine yes. anywhere, anytime. Yes. Um, so I personally chose to uh, take vaping out of my regimen, um, except for very rare instances, if I get a new product to try or something like that. Or if I'm going on a trip and know I won't be able to access my flower. Right. Um, but I always generally go and buy a vape wherever I am. Right. If, yeah, if I'm traveling yeah. to, and most of my trips in the recent past mm-hmm. have either been within the state, um, you know, or to an area where um, there was adult use as well. Exactly. Uh, Vegas, Colorado, California. Yeah. So we're not saying take your medicine across state lines. Because no, that's no, a bad, no. bad, bad, bad thing. <laughs> Always follow the local laws and regulations in your area regarding medical cannabis. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate you. You probably signed a document wherever you are that says that you will always follow the local laws Absolutely. and regulations. If you didn't read that attestation when you went to your dispensary for the first time. Yeah, as, that's what you signed. Yeah. As the folks that used to hand those to you to fill out, trust me, that's that's what you're saying. You're saying that you understand that you can't share your medicine, that you can't travel with your medicine. Yes, we know all of you that are in adult mm-hmm. use markets get to do all these fun things that we don't get to do uh, here in Maryland. But yeah, we have to be... Uh, Just be safe. We have to be responsible and smart and all that good stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, if you get a highly flavored vape, like if you get something that's super like strawberry tasting or yeah. grapey, etc., that's probably going to be from botanical or uh, terpenes. Yeah, more than likely that is not... That's um, not your flower that yeah. they've extracted from. So yeah, kind of your next level up that would then be your cannabis-derived terps. Yes. Um, that are actually coming from different cannabis plants. So I guess you could argue that's, you know, another step closer to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a real flower experience. Um, and then they also have their live resin line as well. Which I love. I love just the terps on the live resin. Sure, yeah. So tend to be higher terps, also tend to be um, 
more likely to have been made by the thing it claims to be. <laughs> right. Um, I think that does it for vapes for me. Yeah, just just be aware of your THC levels. Um, look at your terp levels. Don't don't let the fact that something is necessarily called a sativa strain convince you that it's going to have a sativa effect for you. Right. Always... And different strains in sativa also have different effects. Like we were talking earlier about Trainwreck and AK-47. Sure. Where you see them as super sativas. I'm fine with smoking them because they actually kind of relax my brain a little bit. Yeah. So uh, different, different strokes for different folks. 100%. Always take your time <laughs> and tell your bud tender how you're trying to feel. Mm-hmm. And if there are any terpenes that you know you're trying to, if mercine makes you super sleepy or if, you know, pinene makes you way too talkative or feel anxious or, you know, if limonene is going to keep you up at night because it gives you that creative buzz and you don't know how to turn your brain off, you know, when you have something that's got too much limonene in it, share these things with your bud tender. Yes. You know, let them know um, because it could keep you from having an uncomfortably um, high experience, high experience <laughs> in a way that you don't want. None of us want those. Yeah, so that's uh, that's your... That's, That's your uh, your cartridge info. If you have any additional questions about specific products or anything else regarding vapes, uh, feel free to let us know. But in general, yeah, I think that about covers it. They come in half gram. They come in full gram. Sometimes you can get disposables. Occasionally you'll see um, ratio products like one-to-ones or high CBD products. Um, and if that's something that you're looking for, you know, make sure you communicate that with your bud tender as well. You know, if you don't want that 90% THC. Definitely um, communicate that as well. Yeah, communicate that as well. So so uh, another so question we got this week was about sleep. Yeah, so um, there's a whole bunch you can do for sleep. So specifically this person, um, and this was Henry right here in Baltimore, um, wanted to know, um, he's tried a bunch of different strains um, that he thought were supposed to be good for sleep, and he's still not having any success sleeping um, in regards to cannabis use. So what, what gives, basically? Well, there's a whole lot of things that factor into sleep. And it's not just based on that mercy number that everybody seems to think is going to be that one thing that puts you out for the night. Right. It is absolutely <clears throat> not that simple. Um, we and, wish it were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, sleep is never that simple anyway, right? Just, right. Just like anything in regards to cannabis, how much exercise have you had that day? What, what did, did you, you have eat? to eat? Uh, you know, what kind of stressors are triggering you right. in your life right now? Work, social life, whatever, you know, global pandemic, <laughs> um, whatever it may be. Climate change. <laughs> right. Uh, there's, there's any of number of things that could keep one up at night. But yeah, in regards to cannabis use, and I can speak about this. I, I can as well. Quite personally. Yes. Um, and I feel like a lot of cannabis users can. Um, so there are different claims made about different products. 100%. So the if you tell your bud tender that you want something to help you sleep, they are more than likely going to either A, steer you towards something that's high THC and high mercine, mm -hmm. um, if we're talking about like a cartridge or flour or something like that, 
or if we're talking about uh, edibles, they're probably going to steer you towards something with high CBN. Yes. Which is not necessarily a good thing. Well... And I can speak on a chemical term about but go ahead i i would love for you to do that um but what i can tell you through the things that i've read is there has been no um clinically proven that between cbn and any sort of sleep aid now that does not mean that there's no link between cbn and helping you get to sleep or stay asleep with cannabis that's not what that means. Right. It just means that we don't know for sure that that's a thing that it does. So in this, and I like to, I like to use this sort of explanation for it. I'm a person who cannot take melatonin. Okay. Uh, melatonin to me is like speed. Okay. So it amps me up. It pumps me up because my body's already making enough of it. Okay. So if your endocannabinoid system is already making enough CBN whether it's related to sleep or not, and you're adding more to it, it's not necessarily going to make you sleepy. It's probably going to do the opposite. Interesting. Yes. So in that case, I kind of don't like the use of CBN for sleep. It's fine that they're getting it out there. There needs to be more research done. So... Yes, always. There needs to be more research done. You will hear us say that time and time again uh, in regards to everything relating Mm -hmm. to cannabis, for sure. Um, I will tell you personally, I have used products that contain CBN. Um, Here in Maryland, we have access to the incredible edibles. Yep. And those edibles are available in other markets as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're produced by GTI, Green Thumb Industries. um, And they contain their uh, snoozeberry. All the names are (laughs) incredibly cute and ridiculous. Um, Their snoozeberry contains CBN. Mm -hmm. Uh, A fairly low dose. Five milligrams is generally the the dose. Right. So I think it's five milligrams of CBN to 10 10 milligrams milligrams of of THC. THC. Mm -hmm. So not an exceptionally high dose of either THC or CBN. Um, At least 10 milligrams isn't an exceptionally high dose for me. Little Miss White lightweight over here with an edible. Yeah, I, I saw the way Miranda looked at me when I said not particularly high dose. So, yeah, I mean, it's important to note that if you're inexperienced with edibles or if you just have a low edible tolerance, 10 milligrams could be high. Um, but, yeah, I I have used those before for sleep. Now, that could just be the THC. You know, Mm -hmm. that could be placebo effect of me thinking I'm taking something that's going to help me with sleep because our bodies do work like that, too. Right. Um, Either way, you know, they've been effective for me for the most part. Uh, The only real negative that I've ever read about CBN other than what you've just said, Mm -hmm. you know, about, you know, overdoing it with CBN. Right. Is that in some people it can cause an upset stomach. Yes. Um, I have had a few people mention it to me before. I did find that there was one time in particular when I took some CBN edibles that I felt like I did get an upset stomach. Was it more like a reflux situation? Uh, no, it was just, it was just like a weird stomach pain. Oh, interesting. Okay. Like it, I just didn't feel good. Okay. Um, not even like a rumbling or anything like that. Just like a stomach pain. Oh, um, 
Yeah, it was unpleasant. Okay. <laughs> so I definitely did not sleep well that night. Um, but whether whether that was the CBN's fault, I don't necessarily think so. I think I probably just hadn't had enough to eat otherwise um, or what have you. But, yeah, so just important to note that there is no scientific link to CBN right. and better, deeper, more frequent or right. easier sleep when it comes to cannabis. But that doesn't mean that you can't use cannabis to help you get to sleep. 100%. Um, I, as I've said in many of these uh, podcasts, we're, at, I guess, now at number six. Um, I smoke flour. I generally keep a joint by my bed if I wake up in the middle of the night. Uh, usually a little little mini guy. Um, but for me, um, oddly enough, the science has pointed to um, terpenoline, which actually gives a restful sleep. Pinene which gives you a prolonged sleep. I mean, nobody wants to smoke a sativa before going to bed. Um, but sometimes a little bit of sativa, I use concentrate in mine to give it that extra piney thing. Or if you've got like a blueberry OG that ha- generally has a decent amount of pining in it as well, will give you that long restful sleep. Yeah, that's important to know, right? There are different... When we talk about sleep, there's I can't get to sleep, then there's I can't stay asleep. Right. Cannabis in general will give you a deeper sleep. Yes. Um, Cannabis actually takes you past the rapid eye movement stage Mm -hmm. of sleep very quickly, if not entirely. Yes. Um, It's a pretty common thing for frequent smokers to either not remember dreams at all or remember dreams very infrequently um, because you're not spending a particularly long time in um, the the stages of sleep where dreams normally occur for people. Right. Dreams can occur. I'm I'm not a dream (laughs) scientist either. Uh, But from what I've done reading up on not only this, but (laughs) just sleep troubles in general for my own sanity over the course of the last five to seven years, um, you can dream at any stage of sleep, yes. but it tends to happen most during the REM sleep, yes. which cannabis tends to take you past. Right. Um, but what Miranda is saying is there are different terps that will uh, steer you towards or... Um, yeah, you're different kinds of sleep. Right. Yeah. Um, also, I, I know this isn't cannabis related, but look at your sleep hygiene. Like, sure. are you watching television? Are you looking at your phone? Are you playing video games? Any of those things can seriously fuck up your sleep. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, just I mean, going to be know, honest with you. Yeah, to, uh, I think um, most sleep studies or such will tell you mm-hmm. turn off the screens an hour before bed. At, at, yeah, at, at least. least. Yeah. Um, if you've got the uh, blue light filter on your phone, use that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use mine all the time, but you can set your phone. Right. To just do it at night when the light hits a certain point or whatever, um, so that it's not giving you that eye strain and stimulation. Um, But yeah, in general, when it comes to cannabis, I would say if you're trying to get to sleep, unless you just need to be knocked out because you're trying to fight through pain or something like that, I would stay away from high THC. For sure. Because high THC, regardless of terps, tends to be stimulating for me. Yeah, it increases your heart rate. Uh, Yeah. It increases just just 
your entire body's faculties. Yeah. It's it's not good. I would honestly not smoke anything above 25% to go to sleep. I know that there's lots of different thoughts about that, but... it's Those numbers are so personal that I'm not exactly. going to sit here and put a, a number on it personally, um, because I don't... I don't know that there's a number for me on any – I don't know that there's a set number for me. For, That's fair. For, you know, like some yeah. days are different than others. Yeah. Um, but I know that I've never smoked an indica caviar that has put me out. Oh, they knocked me the, the hell out. Really? No, I'm always like, let's go do something. Mm-hmm. Let's sing bedtime karaoke where I'm going to sing to the dogs and jump on the bed. Woo! So I don't so- <laughs> I don't buy caviars anymore. Now I make them because I've got all these concentrate samples that I need to um, get rid of, basically. Right, <laughs> I got, right. I got another sample this week, and it's like, okay, I'm not dabbing, but sure, cool. I'll put that on the outside of a wrap and roll it in some right. beef or on the inside of a wrap on top of some flour. That's totally cool. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, no, they knock me out. They they that's are, are like a guaranteed knockout for me. Um, that's what I did when I got second COVID shots both times uh-huh. around. Because, you know, you hear some people had really bad reactions, whatever. I just wanted to sleep through it as sure. much as I could. So both times I did indica caviar and some pho <laughs> and had a nice big hot bowl of soup. Um, I love it. And got really, really high on some super sugar. Because caviars are typically... Anywhere, I think the lowest one I've ever seen was like thirty three or thirty four percent. Yeah, but they're in, generally thirty seven to forty. I was going to say plus. generally, I would say thirty six. It was, you know, the yeah. lowest I regularly saw, but generally thirty eight or thirty nine. Sometimes forty one, forty two. I've seen a um, sativa at forty two, and that just scares me. I think the highest caviar I ever saw was forty four. <laughs> Um, we had a long stretch where we had that batch of like 38% mm-hmm. that people was, were going nuts for. But um, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, high THC does not necessarily mean you're going to be knocked out. It no. may just be the opposite. And again, here we are speaking from two different platforms. An indica caviar makes me crazy. and Well, not crazy, but want to have a good time. Meanwhile, Scott can smoke one and go right to bed. Yeah, no, they are super, super sedative for me. At least they always have been. Um, but yeah, um, CBD, once again, is your friend CBD. when it comes to sleep because it's got that super, for me, it's got that super calming effect. Mm-hmm. It's also got that uh, little bit of pain relief too. So, you know, when combined with some THC flour, it's going to give you that nice, warm, fuzzy blanket around the shoulders yeah. and cloud underneath your feet uh so you're feeling you know but anyway henry yeah. <laughs> getting back to your question well, no, i mean, I mean I we think, are yeah, yeah. I, um th- these are all the things that i would say you know yeah i mean i take a low dose edible at night like but i mean low dose for other people high dose for me between five and ten milligrams sure and then um if i'm having a bad pain night i'll go to bed with the puffco and uh dab but i'm funnily enough i'm dabbing like a pink lemonade or something that's high in terpenolene and pinene your it's so experience bizarre. may vary folks. <laughs> yeah that's, absolutely that's all i would say yeah um that's yeah but also they also have a high mercine content 
Oh yeah, that's. I mean, the concentrates yeah. are wild. I, so when when there's a little bit of everything versus a lot of everything, mm-hmm. it's really hard to say what these things are going to do. And that's, you know, I think we said when we went over the glossary, right? Sativa is going to be your uplifting, and right? Your, but that depends on you. Uh, your indica is going to be your relaxing and your sedative, but that depends on you. Right. The reality is, most things these days are a hybrid. So whether you're looking at cartridges, whether you're looking at flour, um, certainly when you're looking at edibles, because most edibles, if the information on what they're made from is there, it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily easily available to you as a consumer. Right. It's probably just telling you, you know, they might tell you that it's a sativa or an indica or a hybrid edible. Um, And that's generally going to mean that they have, just like with the cartridges, introduced terpenes after the fact. Right. Right. It's not that your sativa edible from Wana or Select or whoever, uh, Verano. Dewdrops. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It does not mean that those edibles were made from... Durban Poison. Right. Or from Cindy 99 or from Maui Wowie. On the contrary, you know? if you're lucky enough to live in a market where you have capsules of RSO. Right. That could possibly be where you're going to get some really good medicine for sleep. Because so, it's super well-rounded. It contains all of your cannabinoids and plant matter. And you're going to get the full spectrum of the flower. I will uh, give a shout out on this one because I was super excited to see this week I picked up a super high CBD RSO. Oh, which one? So Nature's Heritage, and it has, um, I want to say it was close to 70% CBD and like 5% THC. Was there a strain and attached this, to it? Uh, I, you know, to be honest with you, it was in a demo bag and <laughs> I, I just picked it up um, and I have not had a chance to um, look at it in depth gotcha. b- beyond the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, their, their packaging is so pretty on that stuff. It's a little odd that they use the male plant on those packages <laughs> when I feel like most of the medicine is from the female is coming plant. from female plants. Yeah. But anyway, it's a beautiful package. Interesting. Uh, it's got the like botanical, you know, like scientific style drawing I love of that. the cannabis plant on it. Um, but anyway, yeah, you'll hear us talk about getting demos from time to time in the industry. That is a thing that happens. Yes. Um, you do. That's one of the perks um, is you do occasionally get demos from these companies to check their out product. their product because they, I mean, they don't know that we have a podcast necessarily. <laughs> um, but hey, if you're listening from the brands, we've got a podcast. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's it's a great way for, you know, the industry folks to find out, you know, what they like, what they don't like about a product, how they can better sell it and their experience with it. Because what we're really working with in this uh, field is experiences because none of us 100% knows the science behind what we've got in our hands. Right. And I mean, the situation is there are so many products on the market that any of us in the industry would go broke trying to try them. I mean, literally in any given week, there can be a dozen new products that come into the dispensary. A dozen new strains. Oh, well, yeah. I I mean, mean, (laughs) the the flower itself is a whole different story. And the, the companies are really starting to, 
you know, now that they've been established here in Maryland mm-hmm. for several years, they're starting to dig deeper into their catalogs and they're starting to get into in-house genetics here in, in our market specifically. Yeah. Um, so we're starting to see a ton of new strains on a regular basis from everybody. Yeah. Every it's single crazy. company. Um, not to mention, you know, new companies buying into the market and all that good stuff. Um, so... But yeah, I mean, if you have more questions about sleep, if I can help you as an aromatherapist combat sleep, send us an email um, because there's more to sleep than just medicating to get there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So I think the last thing we wanted to touch on this week, right, um, Black History Month. And one of the questions that we happened to get was... What are some of the black-owned businesses here in the Maryland market that I can support? We Um, would love to tell you that there are many, but unfortunately there are not. Yeah, sad trombone. Yeah. Um, Not to be, you know, glib, but um, unfortunately, um, what minority contracts went out here in Maryland... Um, and I shouldn't say, unfortunately, we're happy to have women in the business. Absolutely. 100 percent female owned businesses as well. But it's really disappointing that minority uh, contracts in Maryland seem to not have included very many black indigenous people. Of uh, color. It, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, mean, it's it's kind of like they were just glossed over and forgotten about. It's. um yeah, it's more than strange. I would argue that it's probably criminal, but I think yeah, agreed. <laughs> I think it's actually been fought in court. Um, I know that there are some organizations here in Maryland that are um, fighting to make sure that there is more representation um, as the industry grows. Right. Um, there's a group down in Annapolis, the Maryland. Minority Cannabis Business Association, I believe, um, who is, um, you know, I think both helping black cannabis businesses get organized and apply for licenses and things like that, um, and also just raise awareness of the the issue. Right. Um, well, I mean, considering we don't even have a black grower in Maryland. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about in the last episode, we had to go down to DC in order to support a black grow for black history month and do our strain review about (laughs) a black grower. And that's really, really a sad circumstance. It's disappointing. Um, you know, I mean, we're talking about Baltimore city is, you know, 70% upwards of 65% black and we don't have a black grow in Baltimore city. That's. That's just absolutely um, criminal. Yeah, it's just going to say it. It's just really, really unfortunate to say the very least. Um, but uh, there are a few black-owned businesses. You know, we did talk about District Growers last week, and you can mm-hmm. take a short trip down to DC and support them and get some of their fantastic flour. And we also um, talked about Marion, Maine. Yeah, and we talked about Marion, Maine, which was the first um, black-owned dispensary here in Maryland. We went there um, as part of our DC road trip. The service couldn't have been better. Um, they really greeted us with open arms. They were super pleasant. You know, beautiful dispensary, great inventory. They do a ton of educational stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got an event coming up with Mr. Gary Chambers yeah, Jr. with our buddy Gary Chambers Jr. <laughs> I to, wish he was our buddy. Uh, well, you know, I'd like to think that we're all in this together, Gary. 
I don't mean to take liberties, my friend. Um, but yeah, no, man, I, I consider you our buddy. I think we're we're fighting the same fight. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, they're doing a fundraiser for him. Um, they are, you know, black female owned. Um, she has been featured um, in articles mm-hmm. all over the place as far as kind of the face of um, young black entrepreneurship um, and has been a great spokesperson for, you know, that cause and, you know, definitely helping to destigmatize and all that good stuff. There's also um, Jova. Um, which we know is black owned as well. And they are located. Are they also in Montgomery County? Uh, they are located in Temple Hills is what it technically is. So college park ish. Um, you know that area better than I do. It's, it's down around DC. Yeah. I'm just um, There it is. Cause I, I played a rugby game in Temple Hills a long time ago, but, um, yeah, it's down around DC. Um, so again, you're still not in Baltimore. Yeah, unfortunately, and that's no blame on them, but just in no, general, absolutely not. And and I mean, really, I wish these businesses were easier to find because, from what we understand, there are additional black-owned dispensaries in Maryland. But the information is so vague yeah. on the internet. So, and I don't want to, you know, in a, uh, incorrectly identify anyone as being black-owned right. when they are not. So, Marion, Maine, we know for sure, and we have personal experience with uh, Jova Wellness Center, um, is down down there as well, uh, Allentown Way in Temple Hills. Um, so if you want to support a black-owned business and you've got a Maryland card, you can go to one of those places. If you want to support a black grow um, and black-run business, um, as far as the actual flower is concerned... Go to D.C. Yeah, you can go to D.C. And there are also a bunch of black-owned dispensaries in D.C. Absolutely. Uh, Kinfolk mm-hmm. um, is one that I know of that I've heard really good things about. But I know that if you Google black-owned dispensary in D.C., um, there is a mess of information. There are a bunch of them. DC makes it easy. So Maryland, please step up your game. If yeah. you are black owned, uh, make sure we know about it. But also, um, Maryland Minority Cannabis Business Association, I would love <laughs> to see a listing of these things on your website, if that's a thing. Um, because I know I would love to spend some money with these folks. And I know For sure. uh, other people are asking about it as well. Um Another business that I do know about that you can support is Bouquets. Uh, That's another D.C. black-owned business. Yes. And they are um, organic hemp papers. I have tried them myself. Um, Their whole thing is that they are, quote-unquote, simply natural. Um, Really kind of a stylish package. Um, If you're looking for them online, and of course we'll link to this stuff, you know, on the webpage and on Insta and all that good stuff. Um, They were featured uh, when I did the uh, the strain review last week um, on the uh, the sugar in my bowl. But it's B O U Q E bouquet, right? Um, So it's a little bit different, Um, but it's definitely got its own style. Um, I met uh, the gentleman who runs that company at the um, Leaf Christmas party. Right on. He was giving out some samples, and I I had just recently read an article about, 
you know, them being a local um, black-owned cannabis business, so I was excited to try them out. And, yeah, they were great. You know, no uh, no flavor, burned really smooth and really well. Nice. King-size papers, which is what I like. Yeah. yeah, if I'm if I'm buying papers, they're king size papers. Um, additionally, you know, if you're in the market for CBD products, there are a bunch yeah. of CBD black owned businesses in and around both the Maryland and DC markets as well. I ordered a little uh, little 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 jar of some raw hemp reishi dark chocolate immune tonic, and it's vegan hot chocolate. And. And it's it's from District Herbs. Okay. I just want to say that. And it is delicious. It is amazing. And after my cup, I felt um I felt energized but relaxed. Okay. Um I felt like I had energy, like a, a cocoa high. Have you ever experienced I don't know if you've ever experienced a cocoa or a cacao high. I don't really get <laughs> Like, that's one of the reasons that I don't really drink coffee. Like, uppers don't affect me okay. in the same way that they affect... A lot. And I am I feel blessed that that's the case, <laughs> frankly. Um, but yeah, like, caffeine mm-hmm. and chocolate and stuff. Like, I don't get, like, all buzzed up. Oh, right on. Even when I was a kid, I don't really remember that being the case. But but anyway. Cool. But yeah, um, so this uh, product from District Herbs, delicious. Um, mixed really well with just water because that's all it's recommended. And um, I had it felt energized. Um, I, I noticed that that pain, or maybe it, you know the, the 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 forefront of my brain. Well, that's is moving was moving it away. So that's what I was just thinking when you were mentioning that that thing that Jen talked about yeah. when we interviewed her about you know the hummingbuds mm-hmm. flower was that she felt like the CBD and enables you to get that clarity. And for me, you know, when you said energized, I don't feel like I'm energized as much as I'm just not weighed down. Right. Right? Is, right. Is what it is for me. Like, I'm not, like, jazzed up per se. I'm just not slumped. You know? Right, right, right. That's how CBD, I feel like, makes me feel more often. But that's that sounds great. I'm going to have to check that yeah, out. Yeah. And you said they're DC? DC, yeah. And I also, they sent along a little um, a little sample of their pain sob, too, which is delightful. Nice. And smells amazing. Nice. So what's I... The, um, what's the base for that? Um, I'm not... My glasses are coming in two weeks, and uh, <laughs> at this current time... I put you I, I, I want to say it's I want to say it's coconut oil. Right no, on. cocoa butter. Okay. And uh, coconut and hemp. I'm just always curious about the different delivery systems because I feel like personally I've noticed different effects from different delivery systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I feel like certain people are really picky about specific things that they do or don't want. Right. Uh, like and in this... tinctures, like I really don't like um, alcohol based necessarily, right. or even it's the with burn. even with the yeah, um, just too many bad experiences. Yeah. <laughs> no offense if any of my old homies are listening. Um, anyone that that blessed me with different. Uh, you know, green dragon tinctures. But there's or still like alcohol tinctures in the market. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but I, yeah. I mean, I'm just talking about <laughs> the the OG, <laughs> the, the Everclear, like, yep. you know, I mean, you would feel medicated, but the top layer of your tongue was gone yep. because that Everclear would literally just hit your tongue. And I mean, Burn I guess I could have been a little smarter and, and put the tincture in something, too. Uh, <laughs> but 
I used to just, uh, yeah, go right in with it. But yeah, the Pain Salve uh, has 300 milligrams of CBD in it. Nice. And it's, it's, it's just delightful. I want, does it say full spectrum? Does it say anything? You know, you're asking me to Here, read something me... that's like... <laughs> I'm the one. Oh wow! Even with my laser eyes, this is still. It's very tiny. It's a sample size product. It is sample size. Well, hey, it was nice of them to give you the sample. Yeah. Okay, look, we're gonna have to get out the loop, and we'll we'll let you know about the. uh, But it's it works. That's cool. Yeah. If I ever feel like a little bit of inflammation, I've got two wicked shoulders. Um, Yeah, just. And a little bit goes a long way. And it works. I'm into it. So thank you so much, District Herbs, for for sending off the, the product really fast. Again, not paid. Yep, not paid. We ordered all of this on our own time. But yeah. we love it. Or I love it. So there you go. There's there's a <laughs> handful of uh, black-owned businesses here in the market. Um, of course, just generally... Um, something that you can support that we've mentioned here in the past, and I wanted to mention here again in the, on on in this the episode is yeah <laughs> in the present um, is the Last Prisoner Project. Yes, um, and if you're not familiar with the Last Prisoner Project, uh, we had talked about the B Noble Joints at one point, mm-hmm. where a percentage of the proceeds um, go towards the Last Prisoner Project. We have also, I think mentioned that district cannabis um who is not black owned but does give money to the last prisoner project um as a percentage of sales from at least their pre-rolls i think it's their pre-rolls if not well it's i know it's definitely their pre-rolls i'm not sure if they do it for anything else as well um, because each of their pre-roll packages has the last, last prisoner. prisoner project, um, like little sticker on it as the seal that seals the package. Um, and they used to even have the, the little cards inside of some they of the did. pre-roll packs yeah, as you're well right. that would tell you about some of the specific, um, uh, cases that the last prisoner project mm-hmm. has highlighted, um, over the last, uh, X amount of year. They've been um, around since 2018, I believe. Yeah. And it's a project that was created to draw awareness to the inequity um, of cannabis, um, what do you call it? Sentencing, basically. Yeah. You know, these these ridiculous um, sentences that, you know, I think in episode two we talked about you know, having the unfortunate circumstance of knowing people that have had their lives ruined for right. decades, if not still presently, you know, by cannabis convictions that were just absolutely ridiculous. And what was it, Bernard Noble's sentence of, what, two to four years for carrying, like, a joint? A joint. Yeah, the, the man had a That's joint bullshit. in his pocket, basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, the amount that, you know, really cops these days in almost any market won't even stop you for. Right. Um, you know, used to just ruin people's lives. And they um, offer so many, like, really wonderful things to people who are being released from prison as well. Like housing and, like, you know, family support, um, re-entry support, essentially. Because most of these people have been in jail for so long that they do need some reentry support. Yeah, right. If you know if you know anything about uh, rehabilitation, if you want to call it that, 
um, you're familiar with the term recidivism. Mm -hmm. um, and that means, you know, the likelihood of someone who's been in jail going back to jail when they come out of jail. Yep. And the reason that tends to happen is because... You know, social skills have degraded and, you know, I mean, depending on where you're locked up, obviously you're dealing with trauma, it's, uh, trauma, inhumane conditions. Yep. I mean, just any number of things that we could get into about the criminal justice system here in this country. Um, you know, this is why the issue of social justice and social equity is so important to us when mm -hmm. we're talking about the cannabis industry. Uh, because, you know, for-profit prisons, you know, it's modern-day slave labor. It really is. It's, uh, it's absolutely disgusting. So, um, yeah, I mean, these folks have been around since uh, 2019, actually. Um, and they are made up of um, a wide variety of people from all different kinds of backgrounds. They've got... Um, any number of celebrities who speak out on their behalf on a regular basis. I know Willie Nelson and Willie's mm -hmm. Reserve as a company have been super active with them nationally. Um, the D'Angelo brothers, yep. if you watch any of the cannabis programming <laughs> that's on anything, you've probably seen Steve D'Angelo, the, the dude with the pigtail oh braids. Yeah. Um, you know, the godfather of cannabis. He's at every... I, Every you event. Know, like I met him when I was 18 at the <laughs> Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam, and I feel like I've seen him like at three other different weed things throughout my... I'm sure he's at every single one. Yeah, right. 25 <laughs> years of, of cannabis usage. But yeah, Jim Belushi and um, Melissa Etheridge and all all different kinds of people. The, the Marley brothers, mm -hmm. Damien and, and Stephen Marley. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, they've, they've really been a phenomenal organization in getting the word out about getting people out of prison, like Miranda said, helping people once they're out of prison. Um, they've got a whole program and they've done different things during like National Expungement mm -hmm. Week and things like that, where they provide people with resources and information about how to, um, you know, clean their records so they can go on Absolutely. and, and, and uh, live a normal life again without the stigma of having yeah. been arrested um, because, you know, Again, it's ridiculous that people are out here, and in general, let's just say it, rich white men, for the most part, are out here yep. getting exceptionally rich off of legal cannabis, whether it's medical, whether it's adult use, yep. whether it's here in Maryland, whether it's in California or Nevada or uh, Mississippi, Mississippi, I think. Mississippi just has a, just, a medical... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mississippi just became the 32nd, yep. I believe, state. Wow. And they're pushing hard for federal. Yeah. The federal yeah. pushes uh, Schumer, there. Schumer said that this week, um, and of course we'll be talking about all this on, <laughs> on the next episode <laughs> of the Heady Conversations, uh, because the next episode will again be our, like, uh, cannabis in the media and in the news. If you have any topics that you want to hear more about um, before those drop, uh, let us know. Uh, but, yeah, they're pushing both on the Republican and Democrat yep. side now, finally, um, since you've got well, the majority of everything. Speaking of rich white men. Right. Um, <laughs> and 
Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, it is being worked on. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, um, if you want to support an organization that's doing very important work with all of this, um, I posted up a link to their page and Fabulous. to directly make a, dona- a donation as well to the Last Prisoner Project on our story. And we'll be putting up a post that has more information about all that as well. Um, so we encourage you. If you're in a market like Maryland where you don't have these black-owned businesses that you can support directly, um, something that you can do is look for maybe a company that supports a program like right. the Last Prisoner Project um, and point your money in their direction or buy products where you know a percentage of the proceeds goes specifically to that program as well. Yes. Um, so. Don't lose hope, even if it seems like you don't have a direct way. You know, there are companies like uh, True Growth that we talked about last week and our friends Bouquets down in um, D.C., which I think is uh, Rolling Bouquets is the uh, the website oh, I love but, that. but we'll uh, we'll link to we'll that link too. It. Yeah, they've got some really cool and True Growth does too. They've got some really cool like t-shirts and um, I know True Growth has one that says like practice safe sesh. Yeah. Which I think is <laughs> super, super cute. cute. Like I definitely yeah. I kind of need you one imagine of those. you roll up to your first date with the new like cannabis cutie that you're talking to and you're wearing a shirt that says practice safe sesh. I think that's some bonus points right there. Definitely. Um, but yeah, thank you. I just want to give another last shout out to district herbs and i will also link to them in the blog and uh last prisoner project true growth mary and maine hey support your wellness support your black business owners for sure um yeah so that does it for this week's episode next week we'll be back with that uh media and cannabis news roundup um and then we'll have uh, another fantastic guest for you to wrap up black history month uh on episode eight yeah wow Wow. they are yeah they're (laughs) flying by um of course once again Thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep the feedback coming. Please continue to send us any questions you may have. Comments, concerns. Um, any brands that you know about that we missed. If you know of any black-owned dispensaries. Send them over. In Maryland or in your market. Uh, we are happy since it was hard for us to find a listing of black-owned businesses. Yeah. Uh, we could put up a list of black-owned cannabis businesses that we know about as a resource on um, the website or make a post about it. Um, and list those all or a subheading on the Insta, um, we will totally have that coming to you now that I think about it. So, um, But yeah, in the meantime, um, be well to yourself and each other. Um, Yeah, enjoy your medicine. No justice, no peace.